You ain't about to cut me off <laughs> and have backgrounds. Okay. So, anywho, welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. I am Brittany, joined by DeAndre and Rich, my co hosts. Gang. <laughs> um, and we are being joined by Maurice and Thomas. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, we always start with a mental health check in. How has your week been, your weekends? How you feeling? Whoever like jump in first, go for it. I, I feel good that my students give me joy. Five years, but um, when my business is turning five years old this Friday, and I just feel so blessed and so grateful for my community, my friends, my travels. The journey is a gift in itself, so I'm just feeling thankful. That makes me feel happy. Life is life, but it's I always good that. to be thankful. <laughs> That's real. Mm -hmm. I, and I completely agree. You know, mm -hmm. we go through challenges every day. And sometimes it gets frustrating, but as long as you have your faith, you already know at the end of the day, it's going to be all good. You know, mm -hmm. maybe even at the end of the week, it's going to be all good. But mm -hmm. in the end, it's going to be all good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, same way. We're just getting through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm good if the overall picture is that, you know, good. I got two managers leaving me, so we'll be in Ohio tomorrow, uh, uh, and I will be down there for at least six months. So, you know, but overall, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Great. Dre, how you feeling? Oh, fantastic. I got to meet up with y'all, so that made me no so dope. Yeah, this weekend was BlurredCon, so we all met. I'm really just telling you, Thomas, because Maurice knows. Yeah. <laughs> but we all mm -hmm. met for the first time in person because okay. we're all in different states. Okay. So um, we went to BlurredCon. It was, it was in general, a dope-ass experience. I don't know yeah. if you've ever been. Have you been? No, the closest have I've you? been to was the Blurred Bash hosted by uh, Hag. They have, okay. and they go, uh, they don't go to every city, but they came here. They were in Chicago last month. And then, and then they went to, I think, Philadelphia next. But anyway, HAG stands for hip hop, anime, and gaming. That's and so, dope as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this guy named Ben, Ben and his lady, they, they run the whole organization. Um, they have a network for black business owners that are, you know, into that industry and um, pretty cool people. Like they had the game set up, they had the cosplay dance contests. Uh, uh, they had drinks inspired by different anime shows like the, the Super Saiyan Blue Vodka, something. I, I can't remember what it was called. It was nice. It was really nice. It was really nice. Honestly, it's not. I mean, it sounds like Blurcon. Difference being okay. is you got three days of that, oh. <laughs> minus the cocktails. But okay. yes, yeah, twenty four hours um, from Friday to Sunday, just straight through. Oh, that sounds. Wrong. Thomas, it's, it's a lot. But you say hag stand for uh, hip hop, anime, and gaming. I think if I can, for some reason. I heard hentai instead of hip hop. Oh, I'm <laughs> dead. I'm dead. Okay, I'm gonna see if, I can, uh, 
if I can share it uh, on here, that way you all can see. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the link right there. <laughs> okay, I got you. But no, that's that's really awesome. You're from the Detroit area, right? Detroit, right. That's I grew up in Atlanta. I was born up here, and I came back, and uh, been here ever since. Haven't changed. I feel so it is, it's all part of those life lessons we were talking about. You know, sometimes it gets bad, but, you know, we never know really what's going on until we actually get to that goal. And it's like, oh, okay, I see why I had to go through that. So yeah, I feel that. go through these things every day. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so overall, everything's been great. Um, this week, look, Gabrielle already popped in because that was my – my segue. So this week we're talking about Black people in gaming, um, okay. just as a whole um, representation within it, and just how well, honestly, all three of you, both Maurice, Thomas, and Rich, have been kind of successful within that industry. Um, so yeah, and I said that you know Gabrielle said happy five years to Valentino's workshop. Mm. Um, so Maurice, if you'd like to just kind of start off with like who you are, what you do, and how this topic pertains to you. Mm -hmm. No problem. Thanks for all the great comments, not just for our hosts and our guests, but um, our guests, but also as well as the comments in the Facebook. But um, Maurice Valentino, uh, legal name. I mean, Maurice is my middle name, so it's my dang legal name. But Michelangelo <laughs> Maurice Valentino, hey, his long name. So just Ooh. call me Maurice Valentino. So <laughs> no, it's not the third. It's not the fourth to make it even fancier. Not Esquire. Not yet. You know, but um, yeah, that's me. Um, and I started five years ago because the job market in Baltimore wasn't the best. So I started a tutoring company. And because of my eclectic mix of anime, hip hop, gaming, I was able to establish a really good business that works in like multiple states across the country. And even internationally, I've tutored, I've tu not to sound like a Sam I Am book or Dr. Seuss, but it's like <laughs> I've tutored on the boat, I've tutored in South Africa, I've tutored in while in China at like 3 a.m. in the morning from a kitchen. I've tutored like, you know, on a cell phone. Um, I've tutored like students to get full scholarships. And it's all by mixing in what my black kids are into, you know, any kid, actually. But I really focus on the black community because, you know, um, I'm glad glad it's called unapologetically black. But, you know, so I can talk about it. But in other communities, you see them investing in tutoring services because they want their kids to get full rides to colleges. They don't want to have to worry about doing homework behind their back. And um, no, parents invest in a lot of different things. But I went to a library one time and there was like this uh, Asian woman and she was teaching loads of like white and Asian kids. There was not a single black kid there. You know, mm -hmm. and it's and it's it's like it exists in our communities. Tutoring exists in our communities, but I wanted to offer something that was low and equitable because Sylvan Learning and all these services charm and arch in the leg. You know, so I've kind of took a even though I'm able to be full time entrepreneurship, God bless. You know, I haven't had to work a job in two years beside myself. Um, I've been doing this for five, and I'm able to offer a low price to my community. And in that, it deals with gaming. Um, I'm mixing Mario into my work. I'm mixing Pokemon, especially Pokemon. Too many numbers in that. I did a, a, P a talk with my PhD friend from University of Texas Arlington, but there's so much math in Pokemon, it's ridiculous. He's like, how'd you do that? I was like, don't ask. <laughs> so <laughs> I told my people in Pokemon be like, yo, how'd you do that? I was like, you have to calculate it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, then what happened is that in year four Valentino's workshop, I did something with, I saw a comrade in Baltimore do something with Super Smash Brothers called Saturday Night Smash. And I was like, brother, 
I'm a sales guy. This could be the biggest thing ever because we can do black esports. So then after doing Saturday Night Smash, I was like, we was able to brand it. I was able to show them how to brand it, how to make funds off of it, how to build a brand, how to get sponsorships. Then we've made about like a good 600 something dollars off of it. And then we fundraised to get about $3,000 to do our next tourney. And now we're getting hired for tourneys um, all across Baltimore. We was working with um, the creator of the Nerf gun, um, you know, to start things in Atlanta. We're talking to New York now. It's a very lucrative business. So I have a second company called 443 Gaming that I'm the COO of. I started as a consultant, but I got brought on. And that's basically what I do with my life now. So gaming, anime, and waking up when I want. And that's why I'm mad busy because you are in two things in there. Yeah, <laughs> living your best life. Yes, yeah. Okay, before I ask the same of you, Thomas, I just wanted to say because Charles is in here listening, um, he had his daughter today, so congratulations to him! Mm, congratulations, uh, Charles. Shout out to Charles. <laughs> yeah, so anywho, um, Thomas, if you could just um, introduce yourself and how this topic pertains to you. Uh, well, my name is Thomas Hardiman, uh, owner of Our Diamond Games, and Maurice. I'm trying to get to that level right there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's an honor. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, but I've been working on games. I mean, I've been loving games since a kid. But I always wondered as a kid, like, well, what if they do this? You know, that'd be fun. You know, that'd be nice if this game did this or if they had this option. You know, and then as I got older. And I started going to school. I started drawing different characters. And then I was like, you know, why not make a concept? And, you know, at first I was just playing around with it. It was just my imagination. But as time went on in college, I'm like, why not just actually do it? You know? And so I remember I started working at Walmart. And I was still in school. I was working on my management degree. Because my plan was, if I get a management degree, I know how to deal with people. Then if I go to school for game design, then I'll know the art of game design. And then I'll know how to manage and work with people in game design. So that was my whole plan. But in the midst of that, I just tried to work with as many people as I could. And like what we were talking about with those ups and those downs and keeping your faith, this all happened. Like from, and this was around 2012, when I really first started, had a team, they fell off. Then it, it came down. We went from eight people to three. We entered into a contest, thought we were going to win. We worked so hard, didn't sleep, working, still going to work. I was working two jobs, going to school and working on this project. Offer us to fail because of a glitch. Missed out on $10,000. All we heard was, oh, you had a good game. But when we got to this part, it shut down. Sorry. Heartbreaker. Happened again. Then I started thinking, oh, I just need to work by myself. Can't do it alone. Learn that. Can't do it alone. And then uh, I started working at the post office. This is where I met Josh. And he's, this is how this even happened. But uh, Josh when, is my uh, best friend. Oh, okay. Great, great. <laughs> but uh, a little bit before I met him a few years ago, I uh, started learning about Unreal Engine 4 because previously I was working on a, a program called RPG Maker. I don't know if everybody's familiar with it, but the program looks like Pokemon back on Game Boy, you know, basically, you know, not the new ones, you know, <laughs> the new ones are sweet, 
I still haven't even played. I, I just get to watch videos. I don't get time like that anymore. It sucks. <laughs> but um, learned Unreal. And then that's when I realized, like, I'm not good at programming. So I said, let me get somebody that is more proficient in that. And then hired somebody, hired another person for art. I was like, I can focus on the level design and the business side. And then um, as time progressed, I thought everything was good. Then I learned that you can't trust everybody. I missed out on $7,600 because someone was lying and stealing in this business. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. And yeah, it was a lot. And I spent a lot because <laughs> I was working hard at that post office. Oh, We're talking man. 60 to 70 hours a week. It was hard. Oh, and I'm thinking, you know, we got to we gotta get this output. But I never gave up. And I met another guy. His name is Tyrone Anderson. He uh, owns the Vogue studio. He's more proficient in Unity. And when I met that guy, he gave me even more knowledge than the previous guy. His name was Jim. The guy Jim did give me some knowledge, but it, it wasn't worth the theft that he did with the project, you know? But anyway, when I met Tyrone, that's when a lot of things changed. Like the game was completely better. We're working on a game right now called Princess of Galaxia. And Princess of Galaxia is basically an African themed RPG, African fantasy RPG. And I inspired this game from like the Final Fantasies, Kingdom Hearts, Zelda, Fable, all mixed in one. Cause these are the games I used to play when I was growing up. And these are the things I wonder if we could do something like this. And I said, why not now? You know, I'm old enough, we got the vision. We got a little capital, let's, let's do something. And, you know, I tried to form the team, good team, but you know, the ups and downs. But now we're in a position where I got the resources now. We have the people now, got the connections. But because of all those things in the past, I got to catch back up. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm in the catch up phase. And now I'm just sticking to the learning, the coding. I, I got to learn it. If Even if I'm not that good at it, I have to learn it because of what happened. I can't allow mm-hmm that situation to happen again. I have to know what's wrong, when it's wrong. And this is what we've been going through all this time. And now we're in a position of marketing and still learning. And then by next year, we'll be back developing again because then I'll be back on where I need to be. And so uh, that's been the journey so far. It's been rough, but that that passion, I knew it was real when when the passion's like, you can't get up. What else are you gonna? You just gonna work and die? Like, no, nah, you, you you know what you need to do. Always praying, and I know that's him talking to me. So, no matter what, gotta keep going. That's, that's what's been going on with us. What'd you say, Dre? If the journey were easy, everyone would do it. Facts, <laughs> big facts. Um, so, hearing a little bit about your journeys and. Um, whatnot with this being for you Maurice your five year of having your business where do you see yourself going within you know the gaming community or your business in general in the next five years and you know same for you Thomas yeah um I'm blessed yo and I'm not I think I think it's it's part of being a man if I'm deconstructing my masculinity I was watching a video on it is because who doesn't want to be a dude 
you know, closing out as a masculine, like closing out when you're six figures, chilling with your spouse, you know, you live in comfortable, mad comfortable, you to business. And sometimes because you don't reach those benchmarks at a certain age, like you feel like less of yourself. And I just got over that. I really deconstructed that. And I realized that I am insatiable, you know, but I thought about it the other day. If I wanted to, I could do this for the next 10, 15 years. What I'm doing exactly today. That's how good my sales model, my network and everything is. So instead of being insatiable, but recognizing that I could coast right now, I'm going to start steadily building my sales process, my endorsement process, and then also like sponsorships, you know, just expansion is my next goal for the next five years, because I have people that I pay, they quit their jobs for me and they're, they're getting paid just as much as the job they got, they quit for, and they have less hours and they get to chill and do what they want. You know, they get benefits, you know, they're able, I'll be able to send kids through school, you know. I'm able to travel when I want and take off for two weeks. And it's like, wow, I'm really blessed. So like, I'm really working on mastering the sales process. Like how can I get institutional partnerships, right? How can I charge whole schools lump sums, you know? How can I talk to Nintendo to give them a bag, them give me a bag because I know I'm nice, but write it in the way so they know I'm nice. That's the level, cause I've done all the branding. I've done all the sales and I'm not hundred percent complete yet. But I know that now I can take this to a bigger brand and be like, hey, I got the fan base. I got the community. I got the workers. Let's do this. Even now I'm working on different pitch competitions and everything. And that's my goal right now. And like uh, Thomas said, like 10,000, that's a big word. You know, I know it was a big number. You feel me? <laughs> because I remember I was in a competition and I, was, I matched every single criteria. Right. You're from Baltimore. You work with a social entrepreneurship model and everything. And when you don't get these opportunities, but you know you're nice as hell, it frustrates you a lot. <laughs> There's nothing that frustrates you when you know you got it and they'll still be like, nah, this ain't it. What you mean it ain't it? I did exactly what you said. <laughs> and it, there's nothing more pissed off than that in business. But all I could do, like Thomas said, you keep growing, you know? Um, I was playing Pokemon like a couple weeks ago. I was getting my ass kicked. I'm like, bro, am I trash in this game now? But this one person, um, they told me this. Sometimes that's the way the cipher turns, you know? And I needed to yes, hear that. Yes, you are. That, I knew originally no, unmuted don't, his mic just to talk shit. Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Later. Never mind, get a battle with him. <laughs> Anywho, but no, like, that's the way the cipher turns. Even in business, you're going to take some loss, and then you're going to be at the top of the world. Sometimes I'll make about 2000 in a day from tutoring, and I'll be like, yo, I freaking rock. Like, there's no one can beat me. And then sometimes I'm like down a little bit. I'm like, dude, this, I can't stand this. But then I'm paying somebody's whole rent and everything with this level of like, you know, tutoring and then the business. And I'm just like, wow, like, you know what? Just ex worry about expanding and just growing bit by bit because you got people that love you and you got everything you need. So that's what these next five years are going to do. So real quick, Maurice, have you ever faced an issue with Nintendo? Like because you're hosting different games or different events. Have you ever had an issue with Nintendo, EA, or a big brand because you're hosting these type of events? Good question. You always ask good questions, Rich. But um, no, the reason being is because you're able to, without even licensing, right? Because you're never saying that you own the product, you never own Nintendo. You can play the games and advertise that they're playing it. But one thing that can't be, uh, how I say, trademarked is the community and clientele that you bring. And that's how I've been able and me and my company have been able to do it. So we have our name license in the event and the name of the brand and how we conduct the event. And that's different from the actual products. I never say like, 
oh, we're selling Pokemon or we're selling this, that, and the third, or we're selling Smash. We have attorney and you're here for the brand. You're paying for the brand and the experience that we do. And that's kind of not to give the secret sauce, but that's one of the ways you can always kind of get around that because there's not like you're selling their actual thing their product, you're selling more so the experience of what your company can provide in terms of hosting, you know? So I hope that answers the question. Hey, if y'all listening, write that shit down. He's giving free <laughs> sauce right now. Free game. He's giving it out. Write that shit uh -huh. down. Facts. <laughs> the last and, couple of episodes have been like that. <laughs> and, and, and go back on that because I'll, this, is, this is something I'm blessed for. One of our venues gave us a 70-30 split, 70 our way because of the brand, you know? So we get the liquor, food, all those sales, we get 70% of that per night that we work there. And that's all because of the brand and the experience we provide, not the games. We know how to run attorney, everything, how to run attorney, how to do announcing, hosting. People will pay for that. Nintendo will pay you just to do that, you know? So that's that's the real sauce, yeah. Gosh, gosh. Mm -hmm. So Thomas, um, where do you see yourself in five years as uh, um, in the gaming industry? Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tell you a, a quote that my uncle used to say to me all the time. He said, uh, "If you want to make God laugh, tell him what you're going to do." Yeah. <laughs> and so, I honestly don't know, but the plan is. Hopefully this company is in a position to where we're profitable. Uh, and it's, I want to create memories with my games. Like I remember growing up and I'll be at school and I'm thinking about the music I heard in the game. I'm trying to rush to get out of school just so I can go home to play the game. I'm, I'm having dreams about it. I'm thinking about it all day, barely listening to the teacher. I mean, those was good. But the effect that it had, that's the effect that I want to have with ours on people. You know, I mean, the money is cool, of course. You know, we want that. We want that. But that that feeling, like I, I want to, I want us to establish something because one thing that I did learn, there's only two percent of us in this industry, and the things that are marketed towards our community. It's not this. And I think that a lot of people in our community don't realize the different, uh, the potential that they have and the other things that may be in their interest that is out of their comfort zone. You know, it took a while for me to even admit to people that I like video games, you know? It, I, and, it's, and it's a terrible thing, like, just to be honest about who you are. And then after a while, when I embraced it, that's when I was new. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I think that was what, you know, held me back even in my younger years. Because there's a lot of things I gave up uh, over the game unnecessarily, just being young and ignorant. And because of my peers, weren't that much into it like that, especially in Atlanta. It was just, it was just different down here. But at least in my neighborhood. Uh, but anyway... I want us to get to that position to where our games are leaving memories. Uh, I want us to be profitable. Uh, I want to show all of these different publishers that said that uh, 
our project didn't fit within their portfolio. I want to show them why it should have fit originally. And it is motivating, you know, that, 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 that constructive criticism, you know, hopefully it was honest, but those kinds of things drive a lot of people. And I know it drives me. And this is why I'm working so hard. We work hard at this post office. Every time I get out, I'm always I'm, I'm reading this book. Like I, I try to set goals for myself, like a chapter a week minimum. Uh, even working on my old projects slowly. It doesn't necessarily have to be everything all at once. That's another thing I learned. Don't gotta rush, you know. And we can't put it all our energy into just work because then when you do all of that, then you get a phone call. Yeah, somebody died. Huh? When this happened? Yeah, when's the last time you talked to him? Oh, uh, I've been working. It's a lot of things in life. So it's it's been more of a buildup, like you said, Maurice, about masculinity. Like I'm really just now starting to learn about this. Like in the past couple of years, you know, like before then it was it was just different. It was different. Um being raised by my mother, she taught me different things that I didn't necessarily know, you know what I mean? And I had to figure it out on my own. And those kind of things led to how I made decisions. And with this business, too, that I didn't even realize, you know, there was a passiveness that I had, which probably had a reason why that dude was able to create that theft. Whereas if I would have been a little bit more stern, like I should have been, it probably would have never happened. But again, we got to learn these different things. And I'm pretty sure all of these things had to happen in order for me to get to this point. So that in those five years, I'll be able to make the correct decisions. So by that fifth year, position to where I need to be. So I'm just taking it day by day. But I'm also thinking about tomorrow at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know. Mm -hmm. But the main focus has really been learning, saving my money, and meeting the correct people. That's like been my main thing right now. And then I know that with these people that I have been meeting, they're already on their way, like getting already inside of the door. And then once they're already in, come on, man, come on in. Mm-hmm. So I know that that opportunity is coming too. So I'm just trying to be patient. But I am thinking about, you know, uh, what consoles we want to be on. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was, what are you doing like today right so let's let's not think about five years what are you doing today what are you working on right now that if you could snap your fingers by tomorrow would be fixed would help you out drastically completing this book so i make sure i try to read a chapter each week and then i try to implement everything that i learned in these chapters day by day in my project so i create like a, like a demo project and then like for example the last chapter I was reading was about importing terrains. And so when I learned how to import those terrains, I'm like, oh, okay. All right, this is how I'll be able to do that here. This is how I'll be able to expand it. This is how I'll be able to create this theme in this project. So, little details like that. so that by the end of the year, I have that more money saved up. And then I say, hey, Tyrone, let's get back to work again. 
I'm going to work on this and I'm going to be able to work and you can work on this. This way, all the work isn't just on him. And so that's really what it's been now is learning and reading this book. Thomas, um, you said you had to hide your love for video games. What type of video games did you play? I know like Sonic, Mario, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, stuff like that was like the glues for black community and video games. Like, Yeah, because if we talk about black community video games, I don't like 2K Madden, right? Were you hiding the fact from playing that or was it more anime style games? Anime style. The Final Fantasies. The, okay. the Kingdom Hearts. Um, Elder Scrolls. Nobody was playing that. You know, you, I had girls call me a nerd for that. You know what I mean? But it, it was ridiculous. It was like, just because I like this, you know what I mean? But but hold on. If I like Call of Duty, I'm cool. Really? Is that the <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't like that. But, you know, as a kid, you know, trying to impress these girls, some of them, you know, oh, I'm not going to reveal that part about me. And I remember it would be times... A girl will call, I'll turn off the game. I will turn it off. And she'll be like, what you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm chilling. What you got going on? <laughs> it was just, just stupid. It was stupid. It was dumb. And I and when I got older and I looked at that, and I'm like, you ain't got to hide. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Oh. Maurice, have you ever had that problem where you had to hide a, your, an aspect of yourself from somebody? Because you were a gamer? Nah, bro. I had a turtle backpack and then a Pokeball backpack <laughs> later in college. And I and when you know how many nerdy bad girls, sorry, sorry, baby, she's listening. But back in the day that loved that stuff, bro, I was like, I should have been doing this a lot sooner, bro. Like back in, I'm sorry, yo. Like when you realize how many good looking women that like that nerd stuff, it just changed your whole perspective. No, I'm about to geek out, you know? So, key blurt con, you feel me? If you know, you know, okay? So, uh... <laughs> but, not the eye emoji. Yup, I'm in trouble. All right. <laughs> I love y'all. It's been good. I got yes, a of the thing. I really appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us. All right, man. Thanks right. for joining us. No problem. Can't wait to be on next. Or take it easy, y'all. All right, man. All right. Awesome. So yeah, Maurice had to leave at nine for his class, but you can definitely continue the conversation. Okay. I just read that. Um, so you had mentioned that um, like there's only two percent of Black people within the Black community. Oh my gosh. Jamal. In the industry. And in oh, you're right. I said. Yeah. We know. Jamal threw me off <laughs> okay. with his comment, but in the industry. Um, so how do you feel about Black representation um, in video games? Just how, you know, we look or how we're represented by people who are clearly not, you know, so of color. I think it depends on the game. And it's, it's the reason why is because from all the games that I play, it's very rare. And when they are in the game, it's a small percentage based on the game. So, for example, uh, Final Fantasy VII, they have one black character. His name is Barrett. He has a gun on his arm, as an arm. 
And he's a good character. I mean, there's, I don't think there was nothing wrong with him. I mean, you know, he, I guess he may be a stereotype, big black dude, big black, angry black dude. You know what I mean? So maybe that's a stereotype, but his personality, that was his character. I mean, they could have used anybody for it, but when they explained the story about him, I mean, you just understood why he was the way he was. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, they have black characters in there too, but they act just like the white characters or the Latino characters. Like they, they didn't, it didn't differentiate. Um, but if we switch to games like San Andreas, where that was the most black people I ever seen in the video game, but it was cool though because it did represent gangs. You know what I mean? If you, I don't know if y'all remember this, but when you were riding down the street, you would see them posted up on the corner, smoking, drinking. You know what I mean? Even in Grand Theft Auto Five, Grove Street is still there. The ballers are still there. You know. But do I mean? you think that's an issue though? Where the only game where we get full representation, we gangbangers, we drinking, we smoking weed, yeah. shooting out, strip like. Do you do you believe that that's an issue? I do think it's an issue because it's like like the only thing that's seen the most whereas like i haven't seen too many black characters that were heroes where what game do they have out right now where there's a black protagonist like and maybe in an rpg maybe not you know uh there's, there's plenty of games i haven't played but i haven't seen too many black protagonists i want to say um borderlands um roland black okay. The hero of the first and second game. Okay. He's like the glue that holds the whole group together. Okay. Okay. I haven't played Borden. I mean, I heard a lot about it. You know what I mean? But like, how was his personality? He was. He was very stoic. Uh, your average of what you would believe to be in the military. Okay. Okay. I got you. Okay. And uh, just to touch bases with what Michelle said, the customization for black characters is so limited at times. Cornrows look like caterpillars of wide parts. Yeah, it's it's definitely limited. And what's crazy is that's true even in let's say the blackest games that black people play, right? EA Sports in their in their um, boxing games, basketball games, football games. You're you, you know you either got a fade or cornrows or afro, oh, afro. right? <laughs> yeah. and, like that's that's what they give you. If not, then it's some weird ass mohawk mullet type style. But you can clearly see that it's straight hair, mm. right? And it's weird. Like it's like, why do we only get three styles for customization? Afros, cornrows, or fade. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really terrible. Like, and that's that's something I try to integrate with ours. Like um, our main character, my original design for her was not how she came out, but she came out well. Um, her name is Yvonne Lavodia. And so uh, Yvonne, actually, let me see if you all can see this. I don't know if you can see this on the back of my shirt, but that's the main character right there. But you can only see her back. But this is fine because I want you to see her hair. So do you see how straight her hair is? Mm-hmm. So... Originally, I didn't want it to look like that, but she had got voted top 100 
in Blender Nation back in 2020 when she was first created. And I was just like, all right, I'll roll with it. And so I tried to add in, okay, well, she's just mixed. You know, that, that'll just be what that is. Because I wanted her to have that curly hair originally, but the artist that created her, he had some difficulties with it. And so he made it that way. I just roll with it. Um, but the other characters that we've created, like there's a there's another project that I'm working on called Tempted by Vanity. It's a side project right now, because the main one is Princess of Galaxia. But that game is going to be mainly us. NPCs, even Princess of Galaxia. But um Tempted by Vanity is going to look more modern. It's going to be more up to up to date, like current. Um, whereas Princess of Galaxy is in a fantasy world, it's based on old, the older times, but it's a fantasy world, so it's like technology in those older times too. But I try to integrate our culture within Tempted by Vanity. Um, the main character, Charnay Vanity, real poofy, curly hair, you know, even though she's mixed, real poofy and curly hair. Her brothers, high top fades, curly hair short curly hair, uh, phase, you know, all of that. Even their father and their mother, um, even the NPCs, the side characters, the enemies, they all have how they're supposed to look, not politically correct or, or universally beautiful. Yeah, that. So I'm trying to bring that into the industry. I, I, want, I want people to see that this is how it is too. It's not just what the mainstream is giving you, you know? And that's why I said with us only having 2% of us in this industry, I feel like with more people jumping in and, re and more people understanding the opportunities within this industry, this industry is about to be the, the richest industry in the world. It is beating music and film already. And it's only increasing. If we don't jump on this now, we'll never get in. It'll be too late. It'll be a glass ceiling. So I, I think there's a chance for us. And this is what I want to provide for the youth. Now, when I'm like 50, 60, I want to have the sponsorships going where I have my building and people coming in, different artists coming in and out, showcasing their work. And then so that the youth can have those opportunities as well. And then they can see, oh, I can do this as well. And so that's that's the real, now I wanna do that. I wanna make sure that happens before I die. That has to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that's 50 years from now, but that has to happen. It's about the kids. And I'm starting to really understand that now. Like we really have to lead them or they will fall astray because it, they're the future. So we have to lay down the foundation, but I think we can do it as long as, you know, we're doing things like this, getting people to exposure and letting them see like, oh, there's actually people doing this. Oh, OK. Cool. Right. I can do it, too. How long does a project typically take? All oh, right. Man. You have everything that you need. How long oh, does it take man. you to do a project from start to finish? How many hours of gameplay we're talking about? 40, 50? Get, give, give me the average, whatever the average is for a project. So 
my last project, which was on RPG Maker, it had about the first part. It had about five to six hours of gameplay, right? Playing straight through. That probably took me and fixing glitches. Two to three months time, two to three months time, just for that. So we're talking about five hours of gameplay on a very simple program. So because I haven't finished a project on Unity and Unreal yet, we're still working on that. But we've been doing this for a year and a half. And, and even with the ups and downs, we should have at least had a demo within a year. Um, and since we're a small team, it, it just takes longer. Uh, and it, it just really depends, honestly. But I'll say a good 10-hour Xbox One caliber game, no glitches, year and a half, two, something like that. It just depends on your team. It depends on their skill level. How much money you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, advertising. Like, it's tough, man. This this stuff is hard. It's hard. Have you thought about going mobile? I have, and actually, the the older game, the RPG Maker game that I'm creating, I want that to be mobile. But the the process to get it on there requires a certain coding skill that I don't know how to do yet. So for right now, it's just been selling on PC. It sold a few copies. I think maybe like 20, something like that. Better than zero. I'll take it, especially for its condition. You know, it was, it was five hours long and it was only part one. And then um, we started working on Princess of Galaxia. My time went away from it. So <clears throat> it just depends on the team and the level of skill and the capital. So you mentioned the um the the window of creation. Now I've noticed there's been a big issue with the bigger companies. Like they keep trying to pump out games as quickly as possible, and they're giving us piss poor AAA games. What would you try to do to avoid something like that? Should you get to that level? So this is why I wanted to do parts. So with Princess of Galaxia or chapters, I'll say. So with Princess of Galaxia, I want to release an hour of gameplay for free, right? Okay. When I release that hour of gameplay for free, it's included with the first chapter. So it's almost like a tutorial. And while you're playing, you're getting familiar with the characters, you're getting familiar with the gameplay. And then as you develop that learning curve, I'll have chapter one available for sale. I'm only going to sell chapter one for $10. And so as you're playing chapter one and you're getting familiar with that, and learning that, we're already developing chapter two and making sure that that's right. And then as people give their feedback about chapter one, maybe we may have to do a patch here and there. Get it. It happens all the time. Even the smallest glitch. Oh, I can't open this treasure chest. Little stuff. Nobody's perfect. You can't yeah, There's a typo right here. You know, little things like that. Fine. That's cool. So as they're playing, we're getting the feedback from them. We're still working on chapter two. 
And then as we're getting that feedback and then chapter two comes out, then that's when we're going to start working on chapter three. And so some people probably haven't played chapter one yet. So they're playing chapter one and two while we're working on three. And then we're going to keep on doing that until we get to chapter five. And then after chapter five is out, all the feedback. Okay, great. Make sure it's 100 percent. Oh, here. Here's the collection pack for 40 bucks. You can buy each part for ten dollars if you want, but you can save ten by buying this collection pack right here. So that's that's my plan with this because I don't want to do that, rush out a game and then fix it later. That's terrible. It's like you know, like I was saying earlier, I want to create memories. I don't want that to be my memory. I want the the memory to be he actually cared, and this is actually what happened with my old game, the Omni. Um, I released it. I thought everything was great. I really did. But when I got the feedback, they were telling me, oh, this boss, he doesn't die. Or I can't go in here. I can't do this. This happens when this happens. Okay. I went. I fixed it. And I said, hey, I even threw in an extra boss for more gameplay for free. For free. Here you go. I updated it. Let me know what issues you have. And I'll email you the new copy of the game. And that's what I did. And I got the feedback and said, thank you. I really appreciate all of what you did. You fixed everything you said and you added to it. You made it better. Thank you. And that was the best feeling in the world. I didn't care about the, the profit at that point. It was more about what they said and that positive feedback. Even though initially it was constructive, but I needed to know. So that the next person that plays won't have that bad experience. They just jump in and then it's like, oh, wow, this is good. So I don't want to be like everybody else. With <laughs> I, I want to I make sure that the people love it first. And then that's when the money comes. So even doing the whole collection pack idea, because that's, that's a common thing, you know what I mean? But what would you do to set yourself apart from all of these, from all of these other companies? Like, say you give out your collection pack, right? Maybe there's a discount code for a subscription. Alexa, uh, I, feel you. I feel you. I was thinking about a lot of different things. Yeah, I, I was thinking about a lot of different things. It was, I was even thinking about having subscribers and then maybe like some kind of lottery or something. I, this is all speculation, but yeah. based on whoever was like the winner of that lottery, I'd put them in the game. You know, I probably even have a quest for them. A whole quest line based on their name and something they liked. I could, I could do it. They could say, oh, I like peanut butter. Okay, cool. I'll make a mission dealing with peanut butter. A, a monster stole the peanut butter and now you have to go get it back. I'm, I'm making it very simple, but it, it would be something along those lines. You know, I always wanted to provide that to give back to the gamer, you know, to let them know like you're a part of this too. I'll even, I was even thinking about where I'd have people vote on what character or how a character should look. I probably have like two versions. Like, hey, you're the community. Let me know what you like better. Leave a like if you like this version of this character. Leave a love if you like this version of the character. And then based on the feedback, that'll be the character. 
Like, I really want to get the people involved because that's the only way to really get this game right or get all of the games right. And I think really our biggest competitive advantage is, again, like, like I said, with us only being 2%, you're not, there's not seeing like a full black cast, especially RPGs. Nobody's there. There's not, there's not RPGs like this. And I know a lot of people don't play them, but if they really played them and understood that it's like watching a movie or reading a book, it's like being in the movie when you're playing a role playing game. And if people were, uh, if our community too, especially, they really got into those games, they would see the beauty in it. And that's why I think that I used to have those thoughts when I was in school. I can't wait to go back and play this game. I can't wait to continue and learn what happens next. You know, it, it was the stories were so intricate. And that's another that's one of my biggest strengths, are the stories. And that's what I want to create, the stories with those memories. And I believe that's our competitive advantage right there. Now, um real quick. I'm just gonna let y'all know I gotta go. Catch y'all next uh, uh tomorrow. tomorrow. Will you be there? Okay. Yeah. Uh well, yes, I'll be I'll be landed already in Ohio. But I gotta roll. Y'all be safe. Love. All right, safe travels. Now, um, you mentioned uh, a while back about the whole customization issue, and that's been an issue like we've all agreed upon in the black community with video games all the way to today. What do you think? These companies should um, should talk to about the proper representation of black hair. Black people. (laughs) Yeah, of course, black people. Black hair, too. Like, you think they should go to these top salons, top barbers? Like, who do you feel as though they should talk to to get their proper representation? That's actually a a, a very good idea. I, I never even thought about that. I was just thinking, you know, they had a poll out. And put it on the internet like hey what kind of hairstyles do you want but if they had like a like a, a representative going to the hair salons and the barbershops like hey what's the latest new style right and then they like this one i'm always doing this one i do this one 10 times a week and then if they do that and they get like a like a, a sample data based on each state you know or at least most popular states i think they will be able to do that easily you know um, I would even say look at some of the, the superstars, but I don't know sometimes. I guess it just depends. Because some of their hairstyles are not what you see on the street either. Right. You know? Not too unique. They usually, like, if they go off of hip-hop culture, it's uh, it's dreads and things of that nature. So it's not really a lot to pull from. Right. Like, it's, a, it's plenty of things you won't see in mainstream and you'll see on the block. You know what I mean? And I think if they did that, like that sample data like that, they got the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they have it. They put it towards your marketing fund. So I think if they did that. So they, do you guys think it's just a lack of like care? Yeah. <laughs> give them three styles the right. Negroes will be okay and that's it's terrible and this is why it's so important since they don't want to give it to us fine we'll get in and we'll do it ourselves that's 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 just what it's gonna have to be because we've been asking for things for years hmm I don't you're know. trying to get seasick out here. 
but we have to do it. They don't want to do it. We we do it. It's all right. That's how I'm. That's how I'm starting to accept it now. Absolutely. Uh, you said your animator uh, or you had ran into an issue with uh trying to animate curly hair. Now I remember when I was um, reading up on like Final Fantasy Advent Children. You know, you know, Tifa is. They had to cut her mm-hmm. hair because they said animating that hair of that length was too tough. What was the issue with y'all trying to animate uh, the curly hair? Was he said he. He basically said that he didn't know how to do it. That's basically it. Like at the time, he didn't necessarily know how to do it the right way. Had he had did it, it would have made the character look a lot worse. And I was just like, let's just stick with it. But there's another art, another artist that I hired, and he does. He's actually the one that has made the most recent characters. Um, but he, his his skill is more designing the model, whereas the other artist, he knows how to design the model and make them move. It's called rigging. So the rigging is like a, a skeleton, and the model is just the flesh. And I don't, I don't know if you ever seen like the the NPCs that had their arms out like this. Yeah. That's that's just the standard version of how they all look. But then when they get the bones in them, which is the rig, that's when you're able to add the animations. And then this is how this player is able to walk. They're able to swing their fist. They're able to shake their head. And then blend shaping helps with the the face, you know, the facial expressions, blinking, talking, all of that. It's very complicated, complex, complex, very complex. But um yeah, he just didn't have the skill level at the time. That's all. And it's fine. Everybody's not good at everything. I'm not good at coding, you know? Um, but the other guy that I hired, he caught that aspect. And so I used different people's strengths and their weaknesses or opportunities. And I bring them together. All of us. It's like a puzzle. I bring all of the puzzle pieces together to make the one full puzzle. And that's how I've been doing things. Because I, I know everybody's not good at everything. It just is what it is. And the people that are, I ain't got that right now. <laughs> you know, it, It's just going to take time. And um, he's still learning. I'm still learning. Everybody still is. And we're just going to get better over time. That's awesome. I am um, not to keep plugging BlurCon. This is the last time. We're going to talk about it. But next year's theme is actually Fae. It's Fae, so like Black Fairies and stuff. I think that'd be perfect for you. I mean, not only to be there, but even if you were to be a vendor or just to get a table and like pass out flyers about what you're creating, even, you know, I don't know where you'll be in a year. You don't know where you'll be. But um, if it's not to actually sell your game, I just think that environment would be perfect. Oh, yes. It's called Fade to Black. It's in uh, Virginia. So like the DC, Virginia area. Well, would you be able to create a character off of Britney's likeness and she used that to promote your video game? Y'all win win? Actually, yeah, it's not hard. There you go. There's, there's actually uh, an old high school friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, she's a model now. And I asked her, would she be interested in the promotion? And she said, sure. 
And so she advertised for Princess of Galaxia once. And then I asked her if she'd be interested in being in a video game. And I, and I asked her, would you rather be in POG, Princess of Galaxia, or Tempted by Vanity? She said Tempted by Vanity because that's, that's the hood game. You know, it's about <laughs> selling drugs. It's about uh, prostitution, gambling. It, it's That game's going to be nice. That game is going to be really nice. I'm not going to lie. Like, and the story behind it, yeah, it, it might be my favorite, honestly. It, it is. It is. But she said she wanted to be in there. And so uh, I used her character as the oldest sister to her, the main character, Charnay, rival. So her rival's oldest sister is my friend from high school. And I have her model there. She has, um, I have her character in two different outfits. There's one where she's wearing like some really short shorts and she's got a gold gun and she's holding it down with a middle finger. I'm sorry if that's, if I shouldn't do that on live. No, you're fine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she's doing that. And then the next photo is her with like a, it's like a schoolgirl outfit, sweater, the collar shirt underneath, you know, the little checkered dress. But she's blowing a gun like that, gold gun, just like that. And when we start to develop Tempted by Vanity, she's going to be in there, literally in there. That's dope. That's super dope. Thank but you. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We, we could do, do that, that, though, I would then cosplay as myself in whatever, you know, yeah. like, that'd be dope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you let me know. Seriously, let me know. I, I got you. I got you. So segueing um, just a bit from your career and your and your video game, what in general was your first video game system? Hmm. What do you have the fondest memories of? The first system I remember like falling in love with. Like I played a Super Nintendo, but I was like, ah. But a Sega Genesis. And I was playing Power Rangers. And because that's around the time when the movie came out, I wanted to be the red one. It was fun. You know, we were fighting <laughs> Dr. Ooze. You know, and I, it, it was it was nice. I really liked that game. And that Sonic, uh, there was this other game. I want to say it's called Golden Axe, but I don't think that's what it's called. Golden Eye. Say it again. No, not Golden Eye. It was on Sega. I can't remember, but it was like a like a medieval game with the swords and the axes. And it was like Power Rangers. It just was with them. It was, it was some other uh, fighting game. Uh, yeah, it's Golden Axe. That's it's Golden Axe? Okay, okay. Um, and then uh, there was this other game I was playing. Uh, you had Shaq in there. Shaq. He was fighting. It was a fighting game, but Shaq was in there. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but like that's what started me out, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I, I like doing this, you know. That was probably I was like five, six when I really first started playing video games. Yeah. I um, I think so. I remember having Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Like, and I remember mm-hmm. having Duck Hunter and like okay. the gun and like shooting yeah. the duck. Like, I yeah. definitely remember all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Sega. I had a PlayStation. A lot of it was like my sisters. Okay. Um, but I played. 
and I, I was a PC gamer like okay. as a child too. Okay. Like, but mainly like Sims and you know games like that is what I would do. So. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Those are all good games too. What about for you, Dre? First system I remember, or the oldest one for that matter. Um, I'd say Super Nintendo, followed by the original Game Boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. having Simpsons on the original Game Boy. Like they had the it was Simpsons, like black man. and white. Yeah, it was. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely remember that. Jamal and I were talking about that the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, like that shit was hard as hell for no reason." <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Um, and so with that being said, I know you said you started around five. What age do you guys feel is a good age for a child to start playing video games? As soon as possible. Five or six. You yeah. said as soon as possible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you saw Snuggles all weekend. Like, he was, like, glued to, like, arcade games. And he's too. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and we do let the kids use, like, our Switches from time to time. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, and and cell phones. I mean, that's literally like the most in tablets. So I, our, we started at a damn near birth. I'm not yeah, because there's learning <laughs> material. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people get on parents with like screen time. I, I'm not gonna hold you. Our children get a decent amount of screen time. Like they, mm-hmm. they also have time where they play. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's and, important because it shows where your child is in developmental stages. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, you know, give video games and stuff like that a bad rep and say that it's, you know, poisoning your child's mind or, like, making them. But, like, Snuggles is very advanced for a two-year-old. And I just, I feel like there's a lot of learning that comes from that, a lot of, um, you know, whether it be your vocabulary or your hand-eye coordination, like him being able to play, like, Subway Surfer at two like he's dodging, he's ducking. I'm like, okay, like you got that together. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I gave a presentation on that in school. Um, I think it was communications, but I was talking about the the positives and the negatives. But it was mainly the benefits of it, and I was trying to speak on because I remember, you know, back then when we were playing it, they didn't have voiceovers like that. You had to read, and if you didn't read, you didn't know what to do. So. I remember, because um, like I said, I was playing those RPGs, and so it was a lot of text, and you had to know where you were going and where to travel to, where the location was on the map in order to get there. And so I remember one of my teachers, you know, we, we took the, the one of those tests, the aptitude tests, I guess. You know, they just judge and see where you are. But they told me I was reading at the eighth grade level and fifth grade. And the only thing, I didn't, I didn't realize it then. I didn't know why then. But when I got older, I was like, it's because I was playing those games. Yeah. Reading yeah. books like that. I was playing this game, reading that. You know what I mean? So this that was part of my presentation. And I was like, this video games are very beneficial. It just depends on the game. Now, should a five-year-old be playing Grand Theft Auto V? Probably not. No. You know? <laughs> but taught you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, even something like that still taught you. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but yeah. So I mean, it, it just depends. It just depends on the game, but I think that they can be used for good and, of course, for something detrimental. Anything can really. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's what I kind of like about, and that's why Maurice was on, um, just because he does use video game in his tutoring. Like, mm-hmm. it's two separate things, but it's also a mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he's, like he said, he's done because we're we're on the in a Pokemon community together, and he's had some of his students like watch him battle people and like kind of teach about how this is getting super nerdy for people who don't know what I'm talking about, but if you like (laughs) Airstream, you know, like, you know, that's plus two or whatever in your speed and like being able to calculate that against your other, like your opponent. Um, And it is a lot of math. Like we, we play Pokemon with like literal, like rocket scientists and like lawyers, like adult adults, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so. Okay. Um, I think that it does get a bad rep um, in general. I think that in the Black community, it gets a bad rep. But I also think that in 2022, and even a little bit earlier, but like now, um, you know, taking back the word nerd and like owning that, like these are the these are the niggas out here making money. Like, like those same people you call a nerd are the ones that are are out here doing big things. So, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we're realizing that and our generation, we're raising our children to embrace that creativity, like play video games, you know, do it, what makes you feel good. Um, so it, the next generation and moving forward, that shouldn't be a stigma anymore. And exactly. you should be able to use it to, um, you know, further yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely agree. Like we're more than athletes and musicians. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, Oh, well, before I touch on that, um, Michelle had made a comment that gaming's recommended for older folks to help with memory. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. And then Cam had asked the question of what do you think about the argument that video games make children violent? Depends on the game. I don't think any game is going to make your child more violent than... Like, if... If... I remember I saw this video of this kid. He had to be like eight. And he was like, oh, I just want to kill people. This kid is dead serious. It's like, I think it's funny. I do it all the time in the video game. So it makes me wonder, like, so when you, are you playing Grand Theft Auto? You're just going around killing the pedestrians, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And that's why I think, like, certain ones like it's but does that bring out the psychosis of that person because like to me thinking killing someone's funny is a a mental health issue it's a like there's something wrong so do you think that the game made that child violent or there was something wrong and that you know what I mean? It just fed into it because it could be I I agree with that. It could it could be something that's deeper rooted. And yeah. then when I play this game, I'm really I get to live out that fantasy. Yeah. And just like I'm, the rest of us play video games, just yeah. not in that manner. <laughs> like, yeah. We're trying to escape the Hogwarts. So you right. over here. But see, we know reality too. We right. know that we can't do this in the real world. You know what I mean? This is just for fun right now. But some people take these things seriously, especially if something traumatic like we don't know what's going on with people a lot of people go through a lot of different things exactly like very traumatic things 
What about kids who play violent games with them? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a bunch of people like that, and it's okay. yeah. Or eight. What, what did just, you say, Dre? So I was one of those kids. I was playing Grand Theft Auto at eight years old, but I was also mm-hmm. taught uh, you know, fact and fiction. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that does fall on parents. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like we were saying with music, like if you don't, you don't want your child. Cardi doesn't let her child, her children listen to her music. Like you shouldn't let music and media raise your kids. So you exactly. should be able to, to teach them the difference. Um, sorry, Tommy said humans are flawed. Some take it too far, and some use violent games to release stress. And I think that once again falls on the parent, right? You should be able to recognize when your child is kind of retreating or, you know, what they're doing in order to get through the day. Like I get everybody's household isn't as hands-on, but you should know your kid and you should know when something's changing. And yeah, like, I agree. I think it does bring out what's already underlying. I don't think video games are creating any type, you know, are creating murderers, mm-hmm. like, yeah, or serial yeah. killers, really, because that's right. what you're doing no, in these I games. Like, yeah. It's it's almost like a like an influence, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, what will this make you want to do? Will you just sit back and relax after you play the game, or do you feel like you got to go out here and do something based right. on what you did in this game? You know, and um, again, like. We don't know what's going on with different people. People probably going through some very, very messed up things. And then, you know, they, their outlet is this video game, then something else happens, and then they trigger, and something happens, you know, off of an impulse. So I don't think games are the, are the, are the, are the reason, just like we can't say alcohol is the reason or drugs is the reason. You know, the person makes a decision at the end of the day based on whatever influence, right. you know. And games. basically just what you said and what Tommy said, like games are an excuse to dismiss mental illness. Same with, you know, drug abuse. Like people use drug abuse to cover up something else that they're going through. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a completely mentally sound person is not going to be like, Crack is what I'm going to do today. Right. And I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, so yeah. And then Michelle said, I feel kids who are violent playing violent video games are the same kids back in the day who mutilated woodland creatures or critters at recess. It's not playtime. It's I mean, and that's absolutely true. Like, that, that's a sign. Like, when you see kids, like, killing birds, and it's like, oh, um. Well, I mean, we used to kill bugs. I know bugs. I, I said birds. Oh, birds. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, no. Nah, nah, I think it's bugs are. Probably not the birds. No, nah, I don't mess with the birds. <laughs> that spider, that ant, you got to go, bro. No, absolutely. <laughs> I get that. That's normal. Okay. We're not judging, though. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just um, think, yeah, we, we can do better. Like, you know, like you said, teaching uh and and helping the community understand the benefits of the industry too and um we, we got to start from we got to start you know and i think we're already doing it more people are starting to realize how this is like i'm i'm just heard about blurcon 
this week. Yeah. I'm like, this has been here. Same thing with Hag. I'm like, this is exists. You know, right. He told me, I think it's been like three years since they've been doing this. I'm like, wow. Yeah, BlurCon, this is the fifth year. So okay. it's, it's new, but it's it's here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I definitely got to make that one to Virginia. That'll be, that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, verbally, drop your social medias. Um, let everyone know where they can find you. Okay. Uh, our Diamond Games, if you type that in the internet anywhere, I promise you'll find the Facebook, the website, the Instagram, the Twitter, Reddit. You'll find it. Our Diamond Games and... Princess of Galaxy, look out for that. And Tempted by Vanity soon. The Omni 30 Nights is on sale right now. Um, you can find that on my website as well at rdiamond.com. But I guess it depends on what part of the industry do you mean, Michelle? Do you mean like the indie market? Or do you mean like AAA? Because that's another animal. Like as far as uh, AAA, um, you gotta get in one of those companies, the two Ks, the uh, the rock stars, the um, Activision. If you got the skills as a as a programmer mainly, if you can do that, or if you're an extremely good artist, apply for a job. Mainly, they now it's a lot of remote jobs, but um, for the most part, they're in like San Francisco, uh, Texas. Oops. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> and the indie market, which is what I'm in right now, um, you can literally start that and be in the indie uh, industry, which is independent industry. Um, you could literally be in that as soon as you create a character. That's having a serious boom, by the way. Mm -hmm. like, games like ever since like Shovel Knight and Autumn was blowing up has become like the new thing. And they're, and they're getting these games on the main console. That's why I shouted out Nintendo, because Nintendo is allowing indie games to get on there. There are some PlayStation ones, too, and Xbox, but Nintendo has been the most lenient, whereas with PlayStation and Xbox, it's like, you got to have, like, top-tier indie. There's this one. I can't remember what it's called right now. But it's this girl. She has, like, this blue orb in her hand. And uh, it takes place in like a forest or something. I can't remember the name of it, but the game is only like $30. But it was an indie game. And I remember watching it about two years ago, maybe two and a half. And I was just watching their, their progress. And then here they are on PlayStation. I don't know what their sales are, but they're on PlayStation. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Just, awesome. It just takes time. Time, dedication, concentration. But I will say... Making a game is not easy. It's not. It's not. It takes so many things. You got to get music. You have to get art. You have to create the story, the concept, the gameplay, uh, the marketing, your budget. <laughs> you look stressed. <laughs> like, you got, like you got more and more stressed as you <laughs> Cause I'm thinking about it all. It's like, man, but I wouldn't give it up for the world. I'm so glad I'm doing it. That's like, awesome. I'm glad I, you're following your dreams. Yeah, I, 
being true to yourself. It's really, it's carried me. Right. I don't think I would have graduated had I not used the video again. They say, hey, uh, do a project on whatever you want. Oh, okay, uh, graphic designer, you know, wh yeah. whatever it was. Cause I was learning about the industry and passing my classes at the same time with it. Right. You know, everybody else was doing oh, a little project on Ford or we're gonna do a project on General Electric. Okay, well, we're doing our project on Nintendo. It was, it was, they didn't see this in the classroom. You know, while everybody else was asleep listening to that forward presentation, when they heard Nintendo, what are you talking about? Right. You know, what's VR? This is back in 2016. They didn't know nothing about this for real. And I talked about how it was going to boom in 2016 by this time. And look at it. Oculus Rift. They got the sets for your PlayStation and, and your Xbox now. You know, I mean, mainly the PlayStation, but you know what I'm saying? The Connect, yeah. you know, that kind of went away. But uh, VR is on its way as well. Um, Facebook, what, what what is Meta doing uh, with the Metaverse? Oh, yeah. You know, this is just the beginning. What's it going to be like in 2030? Is Are we going to actually see each other? At this point, is it going to be a hologram? Right. You know, this video game industry. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the possibilities are endless. Really, um, for sure. But um, I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> but thank you so much no, for joining you. us. We I, really I, appreciate it. Um, I'm going to upload everything and have all of your contact information in the okay. description okay. um but yes thank you so much for joining us tomorrow we will be back with one of the artists from blurred con we tried to like connect with a lot of the vendors to get them okay. on here to tell their stories um so we will be back tomorrow and until then stay safe stay healthy and stay unapologetically black have a good night oh, definitely thank you Brittany. thank you dre no problem